This is a shear on Likute Sichas Chelek Chafal of the 21st book of Likute Sichas, the portion of Yisrael, the third Sicha in the portion. This is going to be a shear about a very, very fundamental teaching, which is to treat other people nicely, not to embarrass somebody else. You can't imagine something more basic, more basic, a positive character trait than treating people with respect. But we're going to see that it's learned. From here, from a pasuk, it's learned from a verse, and we're going to get a little bit technical about the details of how it's learned. So the first paragraph here, Aleph, in the end of the parsha of, of Yisrael, on the pasuk that says, It speaks about building an altar for Hashem in the subsequent <coughs> Mishkan, in the temple that's going to be. But the detail that's taught in the end of this week's parsha is when you do build an altar, don't go up on steps to ascend to the Mizbeach, which is a, a um, which is several feet high, so that your nakedness should not be exposed on it. The thinking here is that when one walks, one takes a, a, when one climbs steps, one has to split their legs. And technically, if one wasn't wearing pants, you... Are wearing a robe, you split your legs, then you're exposing your um, erva, your exposed places. They had pants in the Mishkan, but it would be an exposure on top of the steps. So even though, as we're going to see, even though, even though they were wearing pants, but still in all, because this could be, in other words, this this the movement of taking a big step or taking climbing a step could in certain instances be exposing one's nakedness on top of the ground with upon which one is walking. Therefore, one shouldn't go up in step with steps, shouldn't climb steps to go to the Mizbeach, to go to the altar. Rather, it was going to be a ramp. So the Mechilta says, now just think about this. It's a Kalvachimer. If the stones that don't have, have any knowledge, don't have any perception, not for good enough for bad, stones are inanimate objects. Nonetheless, Hashem said you shouldn't treat them with a denigrating form of treatment. You shouldn't, in other words, be disrespectful to the stones of the altar. Chavercha, your friend, your friend who's, who's in the form, fashioned in the form of the one who said and the world was. In other words, fashioned in... Who's, Who's the one who said and the world became? Hashem. So your friend who's fashioned in the same form of Hashem, so to speak, isn't it a din? Wouldn't be how much more so that you shouldn't treat him in a disrespectful way? It's a simple logic. If even a stone which doesn't which doesn't have any perception, any understanding of respect or disrespect, we're told not to walk in a way that could be deemed disrespectful. How much more so your friend who is like formed in the, uh, who has the form of the creator, form of the one who created the world, how much more so? You have to make sure not to be disrespectful to him. Rashi also brings this Kavachem, but Rashi gives a little bit of a difference to it. Now, again, Rashi is quoting predecessors. Ostensibly, you would assume he's quoting the Mechilta, but yet he changes certain nuances. What are the changes? Rashi says, these stones that don't have any perception to be able to be particular about their 
embarrassment or about their being denigrated. Nonetheless, the Torah said, because there is a need in these stones, you should not treat them disrespectfully. So your friend who is created in the image of your creator, and he does pay attention and does get irritated when he's disrespected, how much more so you need to respect him you would say it's the same teaching. It is the same teaching. You would say it's the same teaching. It is, but it's just a little bit of a of, of a change. Did you notice some of the changes? The Mechilta says that the stones that don't have any perception for good or for bad, Hashem said don't disrespect them. Rashi says the stones that don't have perception to be able to be irritated by the disrespect given them. So there's a change there. So we understand that the fact that Rashi emphasizes how the stones really have no concept of being disrespected makes the whole logic much stronger. In other words, by highlighting how little the stones are affected by disrespect, it makes the point of respecting a friend much more powerful. If even a stone that has zero perception of disrespect, we have to respect because it's in the Mizbeah. Your friend who has 100% perception of when he's being disrespected, how much more so you need to respect him. Also, Rashi changes something else. The Mechilta said, your friend who is in the form of the one who Hashem said in the world was created. Rashi says, um, your friend who is like your in the form of your fashioned like your creator by saying your creator he's highlighting how special a person is he's like your creator like the one who's um, if even somebody if even when you walk on the Mizbeah you have to be careful Right, even though the stone isn't doesn't care about its being disrespected. So when you're talking about your friend who's in the form the image of your creator, how much more so you have to be, and he does care about his respect, how much more so you have to pay attention. But what we so we understand why Rashi adds those nuances, it makes the argument stronger. What we don't understand is Rashi inserts something else and says the stones, why does the Torah says Rashi says, Torah, the Torah said, these stones, since there is a need for them, we have to respect them. What does it mean, since there is a need for them? So we're going to analyze this whole concept a little bit more, and then we'll understand what that addition is, since there is a need for them. Paragraph two. We'll understand first by understanding there's a difference in the understanding of learning the Pasuk the way the Mechilta teaches it and the way Rashi teaches it. In the Mechilta it says, <laughs> the Torah says you should not reveal your, how does he translate there? <laughs> <laughs> One second, I just want to see how translation the translation is. Yeah, so that your nakedness will not be uncovered on it. So the, the Mechilta says you can't Allah is on what? It's on the Mizbeach. It's on the Mizbeach that you're not allowed to take a very big step. Remember, when you take a big step, 
they're technically exposing your nakedness on it. Again, they were wearing pants, so there wasn't practically, practically there was nothing exposed. But that action of, of taking a big step could be a disrespectful action. That's why, by the way, even uh, even today, it's considered very dainty, ladylike, only takes small steps. There's something about taking a big step that's considered to be uh, uncouth or, in a sense, revealing or, or yeah. It's not about the point of view that no. Uh, no, the stone would see it. The stone would see it from down. No, because you're walking on the stones. You're walking on the stones. The stones would be facing upwards to where the person is walking. So the person takes a big step. It's the action is an action of revealing. At least the action looks like it's an action that would reveal to the stones and nakedness. But it says only on the mizbeach. You one might think you you're not allowed to take a big step in the rest of the heichal, the sanctuary, in the kodesh kodashim, the holy of holies. And you would think if even on the mizbeach, that's not the holiest thing in the Beit Hamikdash, you're not allowed to take a big step. Taking a big step and going up on a step is pretty much the same thing. When you have to go up a step, it's like taking a big step. The equivalent, I mean, you know it if you do exercise, you know if you if you you make a a gradient, it makes you work harder. If you take big steps, you have to work harder. But but the same concept here, they're interchangeable. The commentaries speak about whether or not it's always interchangeable, but for our purpose, right now he's saying so you can't take a big step or you can't climb a step. You would think that only if it even applies on the Mizbeach, which is Kal, which is not the most holy thing in the Beis Amikdash, how much more so you shouldn't be able to take a big step in the rest of the Beis Amikdash? No, it's not the case. Talmud Lama, the Torah says, that this prohibition not to take a big step or not to climb up on a step to get to it is only about Allah, the Mizbeach. You're not allowed to take a, a big step on the Mizbeach, but you're allowed to take a big step in the Heichal, in the Kodesh Kodashim, in the rest of the Beis Amikdash. Rashi doesn't bring that lesson. That's only the Mechilta brings it. Rashi, and he comments on the Torah, he does not bring that interpretation. He just says that through, if there's steps, why can't you take steps on the Mizbeah? Because if you would take steps, you would have to take big steps, because climbing up steps means you need to take bigger steps than than, than than usual. Usual a usual step is your heel lines up the, the beginning of your foot lines up with your heel, then you put your foot forward and lines up again, lines up with your heel. Small steps. When you have to take a step, you're by definition taking a bigger step. So Rashi says you can't take a big step on the Mizbeach because through that you're by taking us by climbing up steps, you're taking big steps. Even though it's not literally, says Rashi, it's not literally revealing nakedness. Because it says in about the Kohanim, they had to be, have wear pants that they were wearing. So there's no, there's actually no revealing of nakedness. Rashi addresses this. He says, nonetheless, taking big steps is close to revealing nakedness. In other words, <laughs> there's only one thing stopping it from not being revealing nakedness, and that is that there's a piece of cloth that the person is wearing. But in in its by its act, it is an act that if not for that cloth he's wearing, it would reveal nakedness. 
Therefore, you're not allowed to do it. Therefore, it's denigrating to the stones to be taking such a step on those stones in a way that could be considered like revealing nakedness. Now, the um, interesting that when we had this Kalvachome, when we said if even the stones and how much more so the people in the Mechilta, um, the Mechilta, this teaching comes immediately only and only after we first say that in the rest of the Beis Amikdash, one could take big steps. Why is that? Why only once we've taught that this is only a law for the Mizbeach, not for the rest of the Beis Amikdash? Why only then do we say, now let's analyze and see if this is the law for stones, how much more so for a person? The reason one follows the other is because the prohibition of loti galer vatchalav, don't reveal your nakedness on it on the Mizbeach, in other words, don't treat it denigratingly, it see one would think it has nothing to do with the mizbeach, with the stones of the altar, in with the souls of the altar in and of themselves. One would think it has to do because the altar is a part of the temple, and it's got to do with the holiness of the temple. You have to have awe and fear and respect for Hashem, who is the one who resides in the mizbeach, in the altar, and in the temple. Right, Just like when we say you have to have fear and awe from the temple, we say not from the actual temple, but you have to have fear from the one who dwells in the temple, from Hashem. As the Chinuch says, the reason we have a mitzvah to have awe, to treat the Mishkan itself with deference, with, with veneration, in other words, with reverence, is because we have to treat, remind ourselves to fear Hashem. If we're going to fear Hashem's house, that means we're fearing Hashem. So if it if it would be that the stones, because they're part of the Beis Amikdosh, that's why we have to treat them with respect. So how could we learn that this would apply even more with our fellow? Our fellow is not part of the... If the reason is because the stones are part of the Hashem's sanctuary, so I can't learn to apply that to fellow people. They're not part of the sanctuary. The stones, yes, the mikdash, the stones, because it's part of the sanctuary. <laughs> but how can I now draw a kalva chomer and make a, a teaching and say, if even the stones of the sanctuary, how much more so your friend? No, your friend's not a sanctuary. Your friend's not a mikdash. In the Beis mikdash, Hashem's presence is there. You have to treat the stones respectfully because they're like all the rest of the temple. It's Hashem's presence shining through the stones. Your friend, maybe not. It's the person. So because, however, that's why the Mechilta first says, no, this is not a law that has to do with this with the Beis HaMikdash per se. Because first, the Mechilta says, this verse is talking particularly about the altar, about the Mizbeach. The rest of the Beis HaMikdash, you can take big steps. You can go skipping through the rest of the Beis HaMikdash if you want. Even though you're taking a big step, you can build steps and go and go up. No issue. It's only the Mizbeach. Ah, it's only the Mizbeach. Again, if it was, when they come up to the Mizbeach, the animal was already slaughtered before. They only put, pulled up the things. So, it, what we understand from that is 
that the prohibition, the mechilta per se, the prohibition is only not be, it's not because the stones, or not just because the stones are part of the base amikdash. It's a special teaching about the stones of the mizbeach. Somehow there's an instruction: the stones of the mizbeach we have to treat them with kavod, and therefore, therefore we can say if even stones, which don't have any perception of good and bad, nonetheless. You have to treat them with respect, how much more so your friend who does know the difference between whether you respect him or not, how much more so you have to treat him, not denigrate him, but treat him with respect. Now we'll understand also why Rashi says, remember we, the, the thing that's bothering us is Rashi adds stones of the Mizbeach, we have to respect them because there is a need for them. What is that? What's that got to do with it? What does it mean there's a need? Paragraph D. This will explain what Rashi adds by saying the words, The Torah said, since there's a need for them, you should not treat them in a denigrating way. You shouldn't disparage them. What does Rashi say? Since Rashi understands, Rashi did not tell us, like the Mechilta did, that the prohibition of taking Climbing up steps is only on the altar, but in the rest of the in the rest of the base um, you would be able to climb climb up steps. Which again, by the fact that the mechilta did tell us that it told us that it's not the reason for respecting the bricks of the mizbeach, the stones of the mizbeach, is not just because they are part of the base amikdash, but there's something special about the stones of the mizbeach themselves. So now Rashi wants to explain what is special about the stones of the Mizbeach. Rashi says what's special about the stones in the Mizbeach that Hashem says you have to treat them with respect because these stones are required. And because these stones are required, that's why Hashem said don't treat them with disrespect. Don't go on a big step. Don't climb steps on them. Not because they're part of the Mizbeach, not just because they're part of the Beis Hamikdash, but because there's something special about the steps of the Mizbeach. What's about the stones of the Mizbeach? What's special about the stones of the Mizbeach? There's a need to them. What is the need? So we're about to explain what that is. But according to this, we'll understand simply why. One second, why is it? We know that there's no prohibition to make steps elsewhere in the Mikdash. Why not? Shouldn't we have respect to all parts of the base Amikdash? If it's disrespectful to climb up steps because of the splitting of the of the legs, so it should be in all the base Amikdash. Why is the prohibition only about the Mizbeah? So the answer is because obviously, and on the contrary, there were steps in the rest of the of the just hang on one second, there were steps in the rest of the base Amikdash. When you climbed up from one part of the base Amikdash to the other, there were steps. But if it's disrespectful to have steps, why were there steps? So it must be that the Mizbeach had something unique. And that's being identified by the words Rashi says, There's some kind of need that these stones present and have in the function of the Beis Amikdash, that because of that we treat them with extra respect. And in the rest of the Beis Amikdash, that doesn't exist. And we'll soon say what that is. Yeah. But there's another commandment about stones in the Beis Amikdash, is that you're not supposed to cut them with the sword. That's like, something else. You're not allowed to cut them. them respect. But those are also stones in the other, right? 
And all of those are not only on the Mizbeach, those are on the Adi No, the, right? the, um, there's various levels of... Yeah, you shouldn't cut... That's a different discussion. There's there's various levels of... Uh, the Mizbeach, for sure, no metal could have touched the stones on the Mizbeach. Because the Mizbeach is made to prolong life, metal, its primary use is to... For war is to shorten life. So you can't have something that shortens life be... Um, be involved with something that's preserving life, but that, that's a different. Um, yeah, but it's related in the idea of showing the stones. Uh, it's it's not for showing the stone. Yeah, it's it's it, it's it's similar in as much as there's symbolism that we learn, even though we're talking about an inanimate object. Yeah. So now let's see what does it mean that again we so we've talked around and round but we haven't said what does it mean that these stones are important because there is a need what does that mean paragraph four so the explanation is like this the fact that we learn from the fact that we learn from the stones of the mizbeach that you're not allowed to denigrate a fellow Jew I mean it's a wondrous thing the really the question could be asked you need to learn from the stones of the Uzbech, not to embarrass somebody else? You don't know that already? What, what's so special about learning it from the, the same way? You're not allowed to denigrate the stones of the Uzbech. You're not allowed to denigrate a, a fellow. It's a pretty obvious thing. You shouldn't embarrass somebody else. But here, what, what's what's it telling us? By the stones of the Uzbech, we're not talking about literally bizayon. We're not talking about doing something shameful to the stones. But just min hagbiza, you're doing something that could be could be interpreted or could be it's 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 an act. Again, we said that they're wearing pants, so there's no disrespect. There's min hagbizayon mean it's done in an in a way, in a fashion of disrespect. If there wasn't pants and you were taking a big step, it would be disrespectful to the stone because it would have an exposure of the person's nakedness. That didn't happen, but still there's a there's an act of of minhagbizayon. There's some act that's in the fashion, in the style of shamefulness, which is by the stones. Don't forget, the stones don't even have any feeling of bashfulness, of shamefulness. And when we talk about the problem of shaming somebody else, it's all about their feeling, to the point that there's an opinion in the Gemara that says that if somebody was embarrassed and shamed while he was asleep or dead, where the person who was being shamed never even knew about it or felt it, then the person who did the shaming is not really liable. Because shaming is all about the perception of the one who was shamed. If the person was asleep and doesn't know that somebody made fun of him and never finds out, then was he, was he, did the one who shamed him really do any damage to the one who was shamed? Not really. Here you're talking about stones. So it, from the stone's perspective, it's not really shameful. It's just an act that can be construed as shame. The, the act of shame, the Maisa Bizoin also, we're talking here not about acting in a shameful way. It's not like the guy went on the stones of his back and pulled down his pants and did something disrespectful. He took a step. In other words, you yes, to be disrespectful and act callously, that you can't do in any part of the Beis HaMikdash. You have to treat the Beis HaMikdash with respect. Here we're talking about going even extra and not even doing minhag bizayon, not even doing something that could be viewed as being in a fashion that's not respectful. It, it's not that it's not respectful. It's mean it could be thought maybe 
Somebody would think that, well, the guy's taking big steps, not wearing pants, disrespectful. But he is wearing pants. It's just a, the whole thing is just a, a far stretch. And as Rashi says, as Rashi explained to us, there is no revel- there is no exposure here of nakedness because they're wearing pants. It's it's close to an act that could be viewed as being shameful. And that's why when, what we're learning here is not just you can't shame somebody else. We're learning just like the stone, where it's not really shame. It's just something that has a tinge of being behavior that could be viewed as shameful to the stone that doesn't even care anyway. How much more so when you do something? We're saying that when you when 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 we want to apply this, how we should treat somebody else, that's the kind of level we should be careful and distant and, and protect ourselves from not shaming somebody else to that kind of extreme, not just not shaming him, but not even doing something that could be misconstrued or thought or, 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 or perceived perhaps as being something that's shameful to him. Understand? We've now made it so much more, uh, uh, made it so much more subtle. You have to become so much more able. We want, we want, we want our, we, we're teaching ourselves a lesson, actually teaching a lesson to be so much more sensitive to others, not even to do something that could be misconstrued by somebody who's insensitive that something, something shameful was done. Even stay away from from any from any nuance of being of shaming somebody else. Hey, so this is also the difference between the, the Mechilta and Rashi about what is the actual prohibition. The Mechilta who said, you're not allowed to walk, you're allowed to walk big steps in the rest of the, of, of the Beis HaMikdash. Um, he says, you're not allowed to do an action. You're not allowed to do an action in the whole, in the Beis HaMikdash. Um, even if it's just similar to an act of shame. Rashi says, no, I, I, that, that can't be the, it can't be that this is a prohibition to do an action that le- looks shameful, because otherwise, if that's the case, why is there a difference between the Mizbeach and the rest of the, and the rest of the Beis Amikdash? It must be that the reality is the action that's being done here would not be prohibited usually in the Beis Amikdash because there's no Bizayon. There, there really is no denigration here. So why by the Mizbeach are we saying don't go with steps, even though the guy's wearing pants and there's no Bizayon? It's something special about the Mizbeach. There's some need here in those steps, in those stones. The stones have a need. And that's why the stones of the Mizbeach, since they're special and they're needed in some way, when you do something that is even can even be misconstrued as being in a fashion of shamefulness, even though it's not shamefulness, when it comes to the stones of the Mizbech, you have to be extra careful. Why? So now finally we're going to explain what is this enigmatic the stones of the Mizbech, since there is a need to them. What does Rashi mean? Uh, six, paragraph six. The explanation is like this. With When Rashi says, since there is a need, Rashi means to say that the Kohanim cannot do the service on the Mizbeach <coughs> unless they go on the stones. In other words, how are they going to get up to the how are they going to get up the Mizbeach? 
unless they climb on the stones. And that's why you can't treat the stones denigratingly. You know why? Because if you treat the stones without the proper respect, so what you're mistreating also, you're also being denigrating to the Kohanim who need the stones. Or the Jewish people that need the Mizbeach for their, for their atonement. Since these stones are needed, because these stones are needed by, by the Kohanim or by the, the people of Israel to be the Mizbeach, to give them atonement, you have to treat those stones with respect. Similar, like it says, that if somebody, usually there's Allah, if somebody spit on a garment, Patur is not liable. Usually spitting is considered Yerusha. To spit at somebody, you would be liable to pay damages for shame. Somebody goes somebody in the streets and spits at him, he has to pay a penalty for shaming them. What happens if you spit on somebody's clothes? Well, if you if you spit on my jacket, if my jacket's hanging on the hook, you didn't do anything. You can't shame my jacket. But if I'm wearing my jacket and you spit on it, now you're liable. Because spitting on the jacket means you're spitting on the person who's wearing the jacket. Similarly, when we talk here about the stones, these stones are not just stones. These stones are the stones of the Mizbeach. And the Kohanim need those stones to climb up to the Mizbeach. The Bnei Yisrael need those stones to make up the Mizbeach, which gives them atonement. Those stones, therefore, because they service us, they're important stones. I can't treat them with minhag bizayon. I can't treat them in a denigrating way. Because they're an integral part of the Mizbeach. But what about, one second, what about all the rest of the steps in the Beis HaMikdash? Weren't they also necessary? No, not necessarily. Number one, the steps that led up, and you went up the different areas of the Beis HaMikdash, the steps that led up, technically, you could get in the other way. You don't have to go up the steps. Also, the um, the steps were not literally in a place where you did the avodah. It's not the place where you actually did the service. You're talking about where did you actually, on the Mizbeach, they actually carried up, that's where they shechted the animal, and they carried up the pieces of meat to put them on Mizbeach. The stones were being used for the actual service. You were, the Kohanim were actually treading with the items that they were doing, the Avedah, with the items that they were doing their service, going up on the stones, so those stones are really needed, so you can't treat them in a way of Minhag in a way that they're being denigrated. Don't you have steps at the menorah? Thank you for asking that. I looked around to see if that question, I've always had that question. Maybe we've had it together in the past. Um, and I think the answer is in the Mizbeach, the, the Kevish, the ramp was part of the actual Mizbeach. To the point that it says, don't climb up on steps on my Mizbeach. If you climb up with steps to my Mizbeach, you, part of the my Mizbeach is going to be the steps that lead up to it. With the menorah, that's not the case. With the menorah would just be a footstool it would just be a way to climb up to the menorah. But interesting that it's not mentioned here uh, openly. But that would seem to be the simple the simple uh, answer. Um, and therefore, when you walk up the steps of the Mizbeach, it's like you're on the Mizbeach. It's like you're on the Mizbeach. Those steps are critical for what is needed. They are needed to be part of the service that's being done on the Mizbeach. And that's why, what are we learning from that? If you can't even go on this, if you can't go on the stones, because they're needed to be part of the service of the Mizbeach, and therefore you have to treat them respectfully. So when you talk about a friend, even if it's only 
If it's only something that looks like it's denigrating, but it's not really denigrating, which didn't actually cause your friend any feeling of, 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 of busha, any feeling of shaming. Nonetheless, because he is in the form of your creator, so what you're doing is, if you're denigrating him, you're denigrating your creator. In other words, just like we said, that going, denigrating the stones of the Mizbeah, even they don't feel but still because we have a need for them, they are important to the Kohanim, they are important to the children of Israel, therefore they get kind of a, 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 a vicarious importance because they're needed by the people that need it, by the people that are offering up the, the carbon. If that is the case, how much more so when we're talking about somebody else who's he's in the form of your creator. In other words, Hashem needs this person. I'm sorry. Hashem looks, Hashem has fashioned this person like him. So when you're going to be denigrating to the person, you're really, Hashem made him look like him. You're denigrating to the one, not made him look like that's not the point. You're, you're being denigrating to the one who created this person. Why did he create the person? The moment he created the person means that the person is important to him. So if you're being disrespectful to the person, you're being disrespectful to the one who created the person and said, this person is important to me. Even if the person himself doesn't feel that he's being shamed, but just by 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 giving off some kind of an impression of shaming to the person, even if he's not feeling it, you're shaming the one who created him. Just like just like with the stones of the of the Mizbeah. According to this, paragraph seven, according to this, we also understand. The expression of Rashi, when he says this kalvachem, when he says this teaching, he says, and if these stones that don't have any perception to be irritated or to care about their shame, nonetheless, the Torah says, since there's a need for them, you shouldn't treat them with any treatment of denigration. Your friend that is in the form of your of your of the that is in the same form of the one who fashioned the one who created him, and he does care about his shame. How much more so you shouldn't shame him? Changing the language of the teaching from the Mechilta, which the Mechilta says, um, it doesn't say that the stones are not able to be uh, care, be annoyed or irritated by their being denigrated. Why did he change the language and speak about the stones not being able to care? Because what Rashi is saying is that even if those stones that don't cannot care about being embarrassed or not, and therefore the truth be told, there really is no concept of shame with stones. Remember, if you if 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 a person doesn't even know he's been shamed, the whole prohibition of shaming him is not there. The whole penalty of shaming him is not there. So stones are not even in the realm of shame or not shame. They don't know anything. Nonetheless. Because they are important, yesh bem they are needed for the kohanim. We say shaming them because the kohanim do understand what shame is, and they are needed by the kohanim in a vicarious way. Somehow we're we're projecting onto the stones that if you embarrass the stones, you're embarrassing the ones that need them. So how much more so when it's your friend who does understand? First of all, he's in the form of your creator. You see, it's not like the stones and the Kranim where you have to have a conceptual understanding that the stones form the Mizbeach and that's the way that the Kohanim climb up to reach the Mizbeach to be able to do the offering. 
there's there's a whole thought process when you connect stones to Kohanim. When you connect your friend to Hashem, there's no thought process. His, Hashem created man in the image of God. So there's a much clearer connection between man and God that makes the teaching a kalvachom and how much more so. Also, when we talk about the concept of shame, the stones don't know about shame. The person does know about shame. So even if you didn't do something that's shaming to him, but there is a concept of shame that applies to him, which in the stones of the Mizbech doesn't apply. So it's a very, very strong teaching. In other words, it now becomes a super strong teaching. Even the stones, the way Rashi learns it, it becomes incredibly tight, like, like an extreme. If even the stones that have, are not in the realm of being shamed. And yet, because there is a need that the Kohanim and the Jewish people have for those stones, we have to treat them respectfully. Again, that need is a, is a stretch. So how much more so when we're talking about a person who's in the form of his creator, the connection between him and the creator is so clear, and they do understand what shame is or isn't. They're in the realm of shame. How much more so we have to stay away from anything that can even be construed or seen as or or, or interpreted as shame. So it tells us how far away we have to stay from doing something of bizayon, from doing something shameful to somebody else, like to an extreme. You wouldn't see that if you learned the Rashi without analyzing it, pulling it apart, dissecting it the way that ever does, and, and finding the, 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 the nuance in the way Rashi reworded it for the Mechilta to make this such a strong, compelling argument about how far you have to stay away from being shameful to somebody else. Now, here is the beauty. This Parsha is a Parsha that speaks about the greatest moments of history. Parsha of Yisra is about the Ten Commandments. So paragraph 8 says that uh, the teaching of Rashi on Torah is always, what it also is, is the simple, and it's also the wine of Torah, Yei Nashal Torah. So we can say that Rashi is giving us something beautifully deep like wine and sweet. As he says, that really, this is the last Parsha. This is... This is Rashi at the end of the Seder. We know that everything follows the end. So, because it's the end of the Seder of the Aseris, Adibis, and the Ten Commandments, this really sums up the theme and the intention of the Ten Commandments. The same way when we look at the actual Ten Commandments, we have Anochi Hashem, it starts with I am Hashem, you should not have any other idols, which are the most subtle and highest concept of Achdut Hashem, of the oneness of Hashem. But yet it goes right into... The last five, which are very simple things, it's things like don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't desire things that your friend has. So it starts from the highest forms of philosophy of, 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 of meditating in the oneness of Hashem. And the end of the Ten Commandments gets into really base things, not to murder and so on. Similarly, Rashi is telling us here that in the end of the portion of Yisrael, at the, at the end of the day, when we finish talking about all the grandiose things of the Ten Commandments, the, 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 the highlight at the end is you have to be so careful, even from simple interaction between you and your friend, make sure don't to do anything even that has a minhag bizayon, even that can be misconstrued or that can seen as being in a fashion of denigrating them, even if it's not something that denigrates them, but even in, in, in going along that path, one has to be careful of. In the same way, we know that the simple parts of the Ten Commandments are not a separate component. Like there's the holy parts, believe in God, don't have idols, and there's the, the simple, you know, uh, common folk parts. No. 
We understand that the reason they're there together in the same Ten Commandments is to teach us that really, if you want to be one with Hashem, you want to talk about Hashem, Hashem the only way you can really have proper belief in Hashem, be one with Hashem, is if you treat other people in a way where you don't violate Lotritzach or when you don't violate the other prohibitions, between you and Hashem and Adam is required in order, between you and your fellow, is required in order to have a proper, between you and Hashem. You can't have a, a proper relation with Hashem if you're not having a proper relation with others, if you're being, you're being uh, immoral to others. And that's why Rashi adds that this caution, the way you have to treat your friend with respect, because he's similar to your, to your creator, he's in the form of your creator, is not just because he's your friend, it's not just because your friend and Hashem look similar. No, sorry. The reason why you have to be careful, um, the reason why the laws of treating somebody else is connected to the um, to the uh, to the laws of the way you treat between you and Hashem is not just because Hashem said so, but we also understand that it's because in reality, your friend is created, Hashem created him in his image. So there is a direct connection between Anochi Hashem Elokecha and V'chol Asher Lereecha. Your Reecha, your friend who you're told to treat in a respectful way, is really... A, 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 a mirror of Anochi Hashem Lekecha, I'm Hashem Yorah, because Hashem creates him in his image. So if you mistreat him, you're mistreating Hashem, really. And Rashi puts it in there, in this in this grand finale, in the end of the portion of Naser Sadibris. And we know it works always, Merubami Datova. The way of good is always much more powerful than the way of negativity. In other words, if we say that if you denigrate somebody else, you're denigrating Hashem, let's think of the reverse. Let's flip it. If you have avatisa, if you love your fellow Jew, not just love, but have a unlimited love, which brings you to treat him in a way of respect, in the highest level of respect, you know what that is? That is respecting Hashem. That is loving Hashem, respecting Hashem, because Hashem and your friend, they're both in the same image. So respecting him is respecting the Anochi Hashem as well. And it's like, Shlomo Melech says, like the face of the water, reflects the water, when you show your love to somebody else that reveals the love of Hashem to us, which ultimately will bring to the Haramat Kvod Yisrael, the uplifting of the glory of Israel, even in the eyes of all the nations of the world. And it will lead us to the full, the Kavod Amiti, the true glory, which will be when Mashiach comes. There's one thing I'd like to point out here, and that is, why does Rashi, what makes Rashi go off and teach us something that you would expect to see in the book of Musar, in the book of Ethics, he, he took a simple verse. Rashi always tells us what the Torah means. It doesn't tell us the, 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 the moral of the, of, of the Pasuk. He tells us what is the... Rashi is a commentary. Why does he tell us there that we... Why does he bring him to the Medrash that if you have to treat the stone so well, how much more so you have to treat your friend well? That's, that, that's, that's not Rashi, usual Rashi style. Rashi speaks... He should explain, don't climb up on a step on the Mizbeach. It's disrespectful. That's it. Pulling that that message, that lesson, that sounds like a speech you would give in shul and Shabbos. So that teaches us. Rashi says, 
The Torah says, don't climb up on the Mizbeach, it's disrespectful. That's what the Torah says. Now we get up and say a speech, and the commentaries say, and the books of Musar say, and the Hasidut it says, if you can't even treat a stone like that, to show you can't treat your friend like that, why does Rashi put it into his basic commentary on the Torah? There must be something that pulls at him, that tells him that Hashem is, that it's there in the verse. It's it's begged, it's begging to be said from the very puzzle. So there's a footnote that Rebbe says here, a very fascinating footnote, footnote 17 in the original. He says the reason Rashi brings this is because the Torah itself gives a reason. Why does the Torah give a reason? The Torah says, don't go up on steps. Many things the Torah gives us, don't put uh, a milk and meat. It doesn't tell us why not. Many things the Torah doesn't tell us why not. You just tell us, don't go on steps to the Mizbeah. We wouldn't go on steps to the Mizbeah. The Torah gives a reason. So that you should not reveal your nakedness on it. Oh, says Rashi, one second. Why is there that instruction? And one second, if that's the instruction, because it's disrespectful, why only on the Mizbeah? So this, the, the fact that the Pasuk put in the, the, the reason and only said it on the Mizbeach, this tells us that in in the simple reading of the Pasuk, there's something here that's being told to us. What is being told to us? This concept that the Mizbeach, its stones are unique because they're needed for the service and therefore don't treat them disrespectfully. Ah, why is the Torah telling us this with the reason? To tell us the way we have to act to others that are sensitive, if even the stones that are insensitive, because there's a need for them. We can't denigrate them. Our friends who are, yes, sensitive, and they're directly, you see Hashem created them directly in His image, how much more so we have to make sure not to treat them in a denigrating way. This gives us a, a very, very powerful expression of how we need to treat others in a respectful and loving way.